reviewing my best and worst stock picks thus far. This should be a fun video, guys. I say fun. Uh, we'll see how this one turns out. But I do think it is important that from time to time, especially for uh, an influencer for transparency reasons, you know, a lot of you guys watch my videos. I'm sure you're very curious how things are doing. What are some of the winners? What are some of the losers? We're obviously going to talk about both. That's the name of the game with investing. I wish it was all winners. That would be freaking awesome. But uh, the reality is that's just not the case. That's not what you come to expect when you are an investor. You obviously want to have more winners than losers, bigger winners than losers. But uh, regardless, I want to showcase both. I think it's important. We can all learn from one another. Very briefly on the topic of transparency and seeing different investments. If you guys haven't already, click the link down below to go check out Blossom. Go check us out in the App Store, both on App, uh, Apple App Store and uh, Google Play. There's over 15,000 Canadians that have downloaded this app who are sharing not only like my portfolio, you can see what I'm doing, but you can see what a bunch of other Canadians are doing. Have some discussions over there. It really is a, a blast. So. If you haven't done that already, do that, but let's get on in. We're gonna start with the winners. I feel like we'll start on a positive note for this video and uh, then transition on. But stock number one that I wanna talk about today is the ticker Meta. Facebook, which for me is up 20.08%. Let's just call that 20% and that's ticker Meta, AKA Facebook. This is a stock that's currently trading for $216. Year to date, they really have seen a nice bounce. So they're up 73% year to date, actually 100% off the lows. And unfortunately, you know, I didn't perfectly time the bottom. In fact, with this meta position, you know, you don't ever really perfectly time the bottom unless you're extremely lucky. I got in, I actually rode, rode the stock down uh, prior to the big drop. I have captured some of the upside and it's actually grown to be one of my larger positions at the moment, simply due to the growth. So nevertheless, I'm happy to be in the green here with meta. And I'm actually really uh, proud about this holding. This is one where when I reflect back over the you know shorter time that I have held this stock, it was a proud moment for me as an investor because some of you guys, longtime viewers will remember back when I was in Taiwan, I filmed a video, I did a number of videos in Taiwan, but I did one specifically on Meta. This is like right when they had fallen off the, the big cliff and they were down, what was it? 70% very severe and the markets were starting to tank. And I shared a video going through my thoughts and why I was still optimistic on Meta. A few of the metrics I remember looking at at the time was Meta was trading at a PE of 14, okay? So 14 times price to earnings ratio. This is a stock that historically has traded in that 30% range, give or take. Right now, I'm just looking, they've recovered a decent amount. They're up to 26 times uh, earnings. But basically what I'm proud about in this scenario was that despite owning a stock that had cratered and tanked, how I handled that position rather than you know panicking and selling like a lot of investors would do, I took the time to reflect, do my research, make sure nothing had changed. And in Meta's case, there was some changes, especially going forward when they decided to spend all this money on you know VR and AR and the metaverse, there were some substantial changes. But at the end of the day, based on my research, I thought that this was a business that still dominates uh, the social media landscape and will continue to do so going forward. They have over three, nearly three billion million uh, monthly active users, excuse me, billion monthly active users across their social platforms, which are of course, Instagram, uh, Facebook, like the original Facebook, and then WhatsApp, which they haven't even really monetized quite yet. There's a huge, vast array of the population still using these. What I liked about Meta was that they have very little debt. So just FYI, if you didn't know, Meta has about $178 billion in total assets on the books. 
25 billion of that in debt. And I believe a, you know, a chunk of that was just more recently raised, the first real raise that they've done in a long time. But a huge difference. Like I, I would consider this company very little debt. I always call it a no debt company because it's really insignificant in the big scheme of things. And when you have a new venture, like, you know, exploring the, the AR VR space and, you know, getting into the metaverse, which I very much consider a speculation at this point, I'm not investing in meta for the, the metaverse. Like a lot of people may think I'm investing in meta for the core of their business, which is generating ads on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, which they do very, very well. And of all companies, you know, being in such a debt-free position, I believe that they they had the cash flow to wiggle around and to explore and to, um, you know, yeah, really just explore this new area. So long story short, this was a case where I saw a stock trading at such a cheap price that it was hard to ignore that I was happy to jump into it despite not even liking Meta as a company. You guys know I'm not a big fan of Meta, the, the morale of the business and the leadership, if you will. I mean, I think Zuck, He's definitely knows how to grow a social media company, but it's not to say that I support what they do, but I did see an opportunity and uh, I still believe there's opportunity, hence why I still own the stock. I think there's actually more room for Meta to run and to regrow and uh, continue uh, doing its thing. So nevertheless, this has been what I would classify as one of my uh, winners as of recently, despite all of the, the hate that uh, the Meta people were giving just a number of months or slash a year ago. Stock number two, this is another really good one. It's ticker ATD, it's the company Kushtard. This one has posted for me a 52.61% uh, return. Let's call that 52, 53%. And yeah, Kushtard, Alimentation Kushtard. This has just been a real all-star pickup for me and one of my favorite holds in my portfolio. And what I think is so cool, as I've said before, I got this stock from you guys. Like I remember the day when in the comment section, I, this was the first time I'd ever heard about this company. A couple of you guys were saying, can you look into Kushtard? You know, do, do a video on Kushtard. And in all honesty, I had no idea what you guys were talking about when I saw that comment. Like uh, that, I, that, that word, it had never crossed my mind. I wasn't familiar with, I knew the businesses that they ran, the convenience stores, but I didn't know the parent company. And uh, nevertheless, after a few weeks, a month doing my research, I'm sure I did a video on it. I decided that this was a good stock to add to the portfolio and Really what drew me in, honestly, was the, the dividend growth opportunity. So they do pay a small dividend. I believe today it's sitting at about 0.75%. But the metric surrounding this dividend was the exciting part for me. We see that they've been growing and compounding this dividend at 20 to 30%, a ridiculously low payout ratio at about 13%. There still, as of today, is so much opportunity for this dividend. That's what drew me in. And the share price has just been a, a great bonus for me. Um, an unexpected one, but one that I'm obviously happy to take. I think it's a great company. I think they're heading in a good direction. I really like how they have their hands in the electric vehicle space. So I'm indirectly playing that without buying the big you know, Teslas of the world. You got their charger networks that they're kind of splatting all over the world. And of course, it's just a steady eddy business in the convenience store side, which I believe is a, a great you know, stress-free hold in the portfolio. And uh, yeah, thus far, been very happy with the 52% gain. I'll do one more of my kind of winners. Um, there are more, I don't just don't wanna like, uh, you know, hamper on the side. We'll actually probably spend a lot more time on the losers because I think that's actually really where you can learn from what you did wrong, what the mistakes were. But number three is Lockheed Martin. I haven't talked about Lockheed Martin in the channel, for, you know, on the channel for a while, 
because yeah, the, the way, you know, at least the way I like to visualize stocks is, you know, you have kind of your watch list, you have your radar, you have all these stocks that you're constantly monitoring. And from time to time, there are these pockets of opportunity and there's a stocks, you know, they go on sale or there's a time to add. And usually I try to hammer you guys with, you know, videos during that time period where I feel it's a good time to add. This one I've been mentioning a lot just because I, you know, it's a good dividend stock, but Lockheed Martin, I haven't talked about in quite some time, but I did end up obviously buying it. And uh, thus far we're up 32, 33% essentially on that position. So yeah, I know I haven't been talking about it a whole lot. I also haven't been adding to the position as of recently. I've just kind of got in and been riding it. And Lockheed Martin, for those not familiar, of course, is the big defense company, right? It's making the jet engines, the fighter planes. Uh, what I really liked about the company was the fact that one of their biggest clients, in fact, their biggest client is the US government, one of the most, uh, I would say, reliable uh, companies or, or clients you could have huge portion of their revenue comes from the government. And I really, really like that. I also liked how diverse they were in the sense that there's multiple different areas that they uh, are exposed to. I just like this company flat out a ton. I'd been monitoring it for years really before getting into it. I've always known it to be this great dividend stock uh, back in the day. There was actually Lockheed Martin, United Technologies, which is now Raytheon Technologies, which has also done pretty well. These were stocks that I always were kind of on the fence about. Anyways, uh, I believe when I got into this stock, there was some weakness because uh, recalling back, there was the budget, right? The budget got released. And I think the Biden administration had basically allocated maybe less money towards the, the defense segment. And I know a lot of investors were thinking, oh, this is such a negative and you know, this is gonna be terrible for this company. With a company like Lockheed Martin, I intend to hold the stock for a number of decades and there will be administration changes throughout the periods. There will be different uh, budgets allocated. And it's just to me, a short sighted thing. As you'll notice with most of the stocks I end up buying, it's like when I see a short sighted um, event that I don't think will really impact the long-term future of this company, that's when I really like to jump in. And of course, um, budget aside, what really helped boost this was the um, Ukraine war. I know it's crazy to say like it helped this uh, position, but it certainly did. This is a stock that's done very well since the uh, the war broke out and all the tensions um, you know across the world. Obviously a benefactor here. I didn't forecast that. Uh, I got into the stock actually prior to this, I believe. But uh, nevertheless, it's a bonus, a bonus little one. And I'm happy that I finally got into a position such as this. Now, before we move on, I'd like to take a brief moment and thank our video sponsor, Passive. You guys know how much I love Passive. We talk about them on the channel here all the time. Whether you are new or experienced, if you are a DIY investor, this is a tool that you need to know about. Passive is a companion tool that allows you to be a better investor. You'll be more organized, make good investment decisions, and feel overall more confident with your portfolio. Passive makes it so easy to connect your portfolio from a variety of brokerages, and it's incredibly powerful to use. You can manage your portfolio and analyze it as one single piece. It saves you a ton of time where you can take essentially a 10,000 foot view of your investment positions. Passive returns so much value in time and money because it eliminates the need for crappy old spreadsheets, no more equations, no more calculating what you need to buy and how much. You don't even have to log into your many various brokerage accounts and place those trades one by one. With Passive, you can set a target, let them do the heavy lifting, and all you need to do is review and execute the necessary trades you want in one click. 
One of the really cool applications you can use Passive for is if you plan to make some big changes within your portfolio, you can actually go in and set up a model portfolio. That way you can better understand the impact of every move you make, how they would work together before you even make them. Passive notifications give you a feeling of freedom that your portfolio is self-managing while you're out doing the things that you love. Now, in terms of pricing, Passive Elite is a bargain at only $99 per year. And as I know many of our viewers are, if you are a Quest Trade user, you can get Passive Elite completely for free. If you're not with Questrade, there is a free account with no credit card required to get started. This is such an awesome and easy companion tool for all types of DIY investors out there. Down below this video, I'll include a link to Passive for you to go check them out or go visit them on their website. But thank you to Passive for sponsoring today's video. Now let's move on to the losers because again, this is where it's gonna get fun and um, hopefully more informative uh, for you guys. The first loser that I would kind of classify here is ticker DIS Disney down 25%, uh, 25.65% for me. And, you know, I'll be really honest. Disney has been a really disappointing hold in many respects uh, in my portfolio. Disney's this big company that everyone knows and, and many people love uh, growing up. You're just so used to Disney, Disney, the parks, the movies, everything. Now, maybe you guys watch Disney Plus. That's where you do all your streaming. It's such a household name. And I've always been drawn into Disney for whatever reason. But thus far, my position has just not been quite it. They obviously cut their dividend a while back during the... And I was owned the stock when they cut the dividend. This was during the pandemic when uh, they really were struggling with the, the, the closures of their resorts. Obviously, a tough time for this company and any types of companies in this, this field. But even since then, you know, parks have been reopened. Uh, the economy's back to, you know, let's call it normal. They're not really moving all too much. In fact, this is a stock that trades very range bound. Um, I've noticed from watching the stock back in the day to finally taking in, it had that huge spike and then it kind of seems to be settling back into a range. And I actually very strongly considered selling my Disney shares. It's hard to sell a stock and I buy way more stocks than I do sell. But even just the past few weeks, Disney has been like, I've even made note of it to, to really do my research more because I've, I'm almost, I'm leaning towards cutting ties with Disney just because it hasn't been the performer that I was once hoping for. I still do own the stock. I still haven't made a final decision on that. I also don't know if I love the direction that they're heading like, got like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've been seeing some funny, uh, I've been seeing a lot of things about Disney and, and their, you know, political bias, if you will, and kind of the direction they're heading. I've also heard, you know, the Marvel, I don't really watch many Marvel movies. I've never been a huge fan of the Marvel uh, series myself. Don't know why, I just never have. But I was chatting with someone literally a couple days ago uh, about it, and apparently Marvel's really not doing that well right now. The Marvel series are getting a little bit bland. They actually cut the production of an upcoming uh, ones because they had so many lined up, and they weren't really hitting as well. I actually just watched two days ago the um, Mario movie, Super Mario movie, 10 out of 10. Uh, amazing... Uh, Amazing movie, like uh, I definite would recommend if you grew up playing Mario movies. That was by Illumination, right? The same company that, the same producers, uh, studios that make, um, you know, I believe by Universal, they make, uh, you know, Despicable Me and all these funny minion ones. Super Mario movie, hilarious, hilarious, hilarious. And it got me interested in Nintendo stock. And uh, that always happens to me when I watch something that I really, really like as a consumer, I always immediately think, well, what are the companies behind this? And, you know, I threw Nintendo on my watch list and, 
Nevertheless, Disney doesn't play a part in that, but uh, the Super Mario movie is an absolute recommend. I would highly suggest that, 10 out of 10. Nevertheless, um, Disney's been a, a weak performer for me. Today trading at $99, uh, basically just shy of $100 USD. Not entirely sure what I wanna do with this position, but um, yeah, definitely been disappointing. I'm gonna throw this one up on here because I know you guys are gonna ask about it. Um, <laughs> Algonquin Power, down 23%. I'm gonna keep this one 23 down 23.51%. I'm gonna keep this one short and sweet. You have to ask Mark. I hate to throw him under the bus, but um, we bought this in our corporate account and I don't even know how you guys know that we bought it in all honesty. Uh, I don't know if it was some, yeah, somewhere because Mark and I had a, a decently uh, decent discussion on it over text saying, should we buy this or should we buy something else? And anyways, we opted for Algonquin, but uh, I'm gonna let him give his thoughts on that because this was definitely not my first pick for a, a number of reasons. And uh, one of them being a more bitter reason, as some of you guys may know why I don't like Algonquin stock, um, the long-term viewers of the channel. But nevertheless, this is a weaker performer for us, but hate to do it, wasn't my pick. Um, you can ask Mark. The ones that I do have to take full credit for and uh, obviously speak up on are my two biggest losers by far would be Tencent down 27.43%. So about a 30% loss on Tencent. And of course, you guessed it, Alibaba, ticker B-A-B-A. -A. This one's down 41% for me, 41.20%. So let's just call that down 30%. Let's call that one down 40. They were down more than that. And they have kind of started to pick up a little bit for those that have been monitoring these stocks. Hopefully, we're finally starting to see a rebound two, three years later. But uh, yeah, these stocks have been uh, a sea of pain for me. And just as a quick background with my, you know, my back, like my background on these two stocks, um, you guys will recall, I did a video when I sold my entire TFSA to go put a down payment on my um, townhouse, right? I needed to come up with a bunch of cash and uh, I basically liquidated my entire uh, TFSA other than these two positions. I was really convicted at the time that these are great stocks to own for long term. I want to hold them. So I sold everything else, but I'm like, these are two positions that I want to keep. Now in hindsight, it would have been great if I just sold the entire account, took the loss at the time, and then considered buying back in, let's say now. Nevertheless, I I rolled them all the way down. I just, it's just been a crappy, crappy ride. And I've held these stocks actually prior, Tencent in particular, I've held for, geez, probably close to six, seven years, uh, honestly. My first foray into Asian stocks, so I'm used to the big and heavy swings, but Baba in particular was one that yeah, it's just been uh, it's been tough. And um, like I said, that's why the performance is so low because with these ones, I actually bought these stocks for the most part on the downtrend, right? So this, again, I guess I got kind of lost my train of thought. For a full picture on my you know portfolio, I sold the TFSA you know in 2021 or whatever it was to go buy the, 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 the down payment other than these two stocks. So these I've basically written from the top down. But everything else I've actually bought during the, the downtrend, if you will. I kind of started buying this into the market crash, which I love. This is like, uh, it, to me, when I look back 10, 20 years from now, I'm going to be happy with all the stocks that I purchased for the most part, I hope. But um, 
that's why you do see the variance in these positions. And like, for example, my RSP, which I'm actually not including in this list, this is one that I kind of have had for however long. That's where you're going to see the bigger gainers, like, you know, the 100, 200, 300% gains, because I've ridden them long enough. I can share some of those on the screen with you guys. I'm not going to classify those as my best stock picks because those I may have held for a long period of time. And that's why they've grown so much versus these are more like I would consider recent and more relevant um, holds, if you will. But in regards to these two companies to kind of finish off, I still own them and I'm still rather optimistic on them as much as I know a lot of you guys will um, disagree still. And again, I don't fault you for disagreeing. I don't fault anyone for not investing in these companies. This is my portfolio for my risk appetite and for a younger uh, you know, person in their 20s. Um, they're right up my alley. Do you guys remember when I was talking more frequently about these stocks on the channel a little while back? what some of the big news uh, articles and what some of the big headlines were surrounding Chinese stocks. I have a few jotted down because again, this is how I like to view the stock market when we're able to, with time, decompress, take a step back. Some of the big headlines that, um, you know, were going around were, you know, China as an entire economy was going to collapse in however many days, in 47 days or 50 days, number of videos on it. There was these huge real estate collapses and these failures of these huge lenders in China and the whole real estate market was going to absolutely crumble and these stocks were gonna get delisted, right? We were literally, the amount of comments I got on delisting for Tencent Alibaba, I can't even like tally them up. That's, you know, the things that were going around. Now let's fast forward three months, six months, eight months, those, those fears tend to subside. And personally, I see the sentiment from you guys in the comment section. I haven't heard anybody ask about these companies. I haven't heard anybody ask about the delisting, delisting threats or the China's, uh, China's economy totally imploding like some of those scary videos um, implied. And again, I get it at the time when you see a video that comes out and says China's entire economy is about to implode in like 47 days, that does feel very, very scary. And there's a lot of panic that you probably feel. I felt that too, to be completely honest with you. But knowing what I know about the stock market and how you know, the, the perception and the sentiment can just flip so fast and a lot of it is just a bunch of bogusness in my opinion, now we can look back and say, well, what happened after that 48 days passed? Nothing, nothing happened. Trying to still doing their thing. What happened to the real estate market? I'm not trying to paint a f picture that it's beautiful uh, over there because they are struggling and FI, we are struggling here in uh, you know North America and many parts of the world too. The economies are sluggish right now globally, hence why some of these, these companies' numbers have been sluggish as well. But to me, I don't see much of a difference. I really don't see much of a difference between our tech stocks here and our tech stocks there. I know you would say, oh, well, the CPP dictatorship government, if you guys have been following what's happening here in the United States, um, I actually find it almost hypocritical in a sense where you know we always talk about how bad the government is there and they don't allow certain companies and they don't let these companies thrive or what the heck is the case. Government's all you know controlling everything. Is it not becoming more and more apparent that here in America that exact same thing is happening to our big tech companies and our big social media companies with the government having their sway and say, you know, say on such and such or for example, even the banning of uh, TikTok becoming more and more uh, possible and real. It's just funny to me because obviously in China, you know, a lot of US companies are banned, right? You can't do, you know, Facebook over here. It's WhatsApp. I mean, uh, WeChat. You can't do Google. It's Baidu, whatever the, uh, the case is. At least in my eyes, at least it's straight up. Over there, 
it is a dictatorship and the CCP is gonna say, no this, no this, no this. Whereas here in America, they're kind of um, almost like in a back door trying to do the exact same thing. Again, that's, this isn't like a political video and it's not a, you don't really need to share my opinion or stances. I just think that from a strictly number standpoint, these stocks still do look attractive and they are still some big, big money makers in my opinion for the future. I think what uh, China has done over there when you look at their uh, economy and essentially like where they've taken China over the past number of decades, over just over the past handful of decades, taking a country from poverty to actually a, a boot, like again, right now they're kind of sluggish as with a lot of global economies, but the improvements and the speed of improvements that they've made over there, to me, it's it's quite clear where this country is heading, the direction in which uh, you know China as an economy is heading. They're the second largest economy in the world. It will only be a matter of time before they take over uh, the United States. Uh, I just believe that in terms of everything. And uh, I think the United States is going to do what they can to not make that happen. But we're already starting to see a lot of um, signs that this is kind of the way things are moving. And like I said, you know, I've, I am biased because I've been to Shanghai. I've been to Taiwan, which I know is not technically China. But every time I go there, I'm just reminded of how yes, different these economies are and how much risk there is in their own way, but also how much uh, in many respects, I would say th is better than what we have here in um, America. You know, America right now, geez, between the leadership, presidents getting arrested, and we have such a divide within our nation right now. And basically, in my opinion, it's kind of a bit in shambles. Uh, you know, kids getting shot up at schools and stuff. It's really like, it's just not as promising in my opinion than, than the Asian market. And all of the th stuff that I talked about back then in my previous videos about why I'm bullish on these companies, it still remains true. And in fact, uh, like I said, you don't have to agree with me. These are just some of my stances that I've developed over the years. I'm like happy to hold these stocks with understanding entirely the risk that comes with them. These are positions that absolutely, uh, as much as we can believe one thing or hope one thing, we have to understand that anything can happen when you're dealing with these types of companies. But I just see the direction that um, you know certain nations are headed and I see a country over there that prioritizes education, a country over there that is really advanced in terms of technology and uh, I believe uh, heading in the, the up and up. These are some companies that, I, that I'm happy to be exposed to uh, in my portfolio because I think over the next decade plus, we will see a lot of... Um, hopefully some better growth numbers than what we've seen here. And like I said, I've held Tencent, not Baba so much, but I've held Tencent through some, through some very volatile swings down 40, 50, 60% in the past. It's not uncommon to me to see it down here, 27%. That's nothing actually bad at all. When you play with these stocks with the higher level of risk, you have to be okay with that volatility. And like I said, I'm not um, as concerned about what happens on the month to month, the week to week, the year to year. I'm actually thinking more 10 years from now, what will these companies be doing? And I hope that they are able to shift over to the winner category for me. But um, yeah, geez, I guess we can wrap up the video there, you guys. Yeah, some of my winners and losers, Meta, ATD, and uh, Lockheed Martin, I'd say were great. On the other hand, we've obviously had some, uh, some weaker performers as well. And that's just, like I said, the name of the game with investing. I hope that by sharing this with you guys, you know, we understand that we don't expect, especially if we are doing individual stocks, right? If we're an ETF investor, well, we'd hope to track the market. We'd hope to grow slow and steadily. Obviously, we have our rough years, yada, yada, yada. But when we do build a portfolio of individual stock, we are not going to have a 100% hit rate. In fact, we, are, we certainly aren't. You're going to have your winners. You're going to have your losers. And your job as the investor is to do as much research as possible 
to select you know the good ones you buy at the right times you manage your portfolio properly and have more winners than losers but losers are inevitable you will not be an investor without losers and like i said uh, the name of the game is to um have a, a, a big a bit of both a lot more swung on this side so i will remind you that um if you guys want to see the entire portfolio of mine and many many other canadians go Click the link down below, go download Blossom, tell me what you guys think of the app. We get uh, amazing feedback over there. It's a really, I believe, a really cool special thing for Canadians. It's completely free to check out. So I would encourage you to do that. Of course, if you enjoyed the video and the transparency here on my end, don't hesitate to give this video a thumbs up. Make sure you're subscribed if this is your first time watching the channel. We post uh, stock market videos like this every single week, usually multiple videos a week between me and my father, Mark. We updated our... Um, profile picture on uh, YouTube. Finally, the first time I've ever changed that. As for one of our Academy uh, members, they asked us, can you finally update this? It's been too long now that Mark is a full-time contributor on the channel here. And um, yeah, let me know what you guys think of that photo down below. You guys like it? Should I change it? It does feel good to feel more inclusive, uh, more on brand in my opinion, because this is truly our channel at the end of the day. The name is still, might need some work, but nevertheless, that was exciting. Uh, of course, our academy is down in the description below. As always, if you are interested in courses and training in the stock market, particularly if you're a new investor, you know, if you're new to DIY, uh, if you've never invested before, or if you're, you need work uh, on your portfolio, we have online training programs. We work with people all over the country, teaching them how to invest through video formats, instructed by myself, my father combined. We have other training programs taught by other uh, industry professionals. And uh, yeah, it's been an absolute blast thus far. I will wrap up the video here, guys. I hope you enjoyed. Thank you for watching, and I'll see you in the next video.